Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. It is time once again for 12 days of the Comic Source. So happy holiday season to everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Hope it's a joyous time for you. Uh, so we all know that I put out a ton of content 12 days leading up to Christmas. And as part of that this year, I thought I'd reach out to somebody whose uh, YouTube channel I really enjoy. Uh, Jim from Bronzeville Comics is joining me today to talk about the channel and what he does and his love of comics. So, Jim, thanks for taking the time to join me. Well, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah. So uh, why don't you give people uh, kind of a background? Uh, our listeners may not be aware of your YouTube channel. Uh, which is, as I said, Bronzeville Comics. Um, give us an idea of what the channel's about. Well, um, basically, it's uh, comic book content. Um, I uh, show books that I've picked up, books that I'm interested in, um, some CGC unboxings now that I'm finally getting stuff back from CGC. Um, I do, I had been doing, last year I did some top 10 lists of top 10 Marvel books and DC books, separate lists for each year from the 90s. I've been working on the independent books from the 90s, but that's an incredibly um, large amount of research compared to Marvel and DC. Um, and I've been, you know, I did some speculation stuff. I think we've maybe, you know, I'm moving a little in the post-speculation phase, but I think there's still a lot to spec on, um, just not as crazy as it was a year ago. Yeah, I'm curious about that. We'll talk about the what what you mean by post speculation phase, but but let's let's talk a little bit about your background with comics first, and and then we can talk about why you decided to start the channel. So you're a, a lifelong reader of comics, is that right? Yes, yes. Uh, I started reading comics in 1972, um, and I have not missed a month of getting new comics since then. So um, I I'm more of a DC guy than a Marvel guy, and. Uh, it was probably about a year and a half ago I started like buying collections and, uh, you know, submitting books to CGC and kind of doing the uh, buying and selling aspect of it to, um, you know, let the, the hobby fund itself, that old adage. So, um, yeah, I've been, uh, you know, I never stopped reading comics. Uh, I still get a pull list every week from my LCS. And, uh, you know, my best friend growing up who grew up across the street, he's the uh, owner of my LCS. So we've known each other since the Silver Age. And, um, you know, then I uh, started to get a little more interested in it. Yes, that's what's amazing to me. So, I mean, I, I, you know, likewise, pretty much a lifelong reader, but there were times, you know, in college and out of college, you know, eating ramen and, you know, sleeping on a one bedroom apartment, not really being able to afford it. So, uh it's cool that you were even throughout college and, and everything that you were able to still um, continue. But you mentioned the idea of, of the, of the hobby funding itself. So was that the reason that you started the channel and kind of as a follow-up to that, why did you decide to go? Because there's so many different aspects, right? Like some people do what I do. We talk about comics in general. We talk about the stories. We talk about the art. Uh, we talk about the, you know, we do interviews with creators and that sort of thing, or you can just focus completely on the art side of it talk about original art and that sort of thing. Or you can do like, like you and several others, um, Brian, Brian from Bryce comics and somebody else who, whose channel. And I know you're familiar with them. They're talking about the spec. They're talking about the, the collectability aspect of the hobby. So there's so many different ways you can go. Um, and you decided to take that route with the channel. So what made you decide to start the channel? And, and did you know you wanted to take that route when you first started it? Um, I think so. I, it was kind of um, late pandemic boredom that uh, led me in that direction. Um, I'm a uh, high school teacher and the, uh, the second year, the first full year of the pandemic was incredibly boring. 
um, because we had very few students coming in person. We were doing stuff online and without interaction, you know, there, it was, it was just, I had a lot of dead time. Um, so especially when I was home, I teach, I'd have, you know, then I have like an hour or two off, you know, some days and, um, I'd get on my phone and look on eBay and go, Ooh, that's a good book and uh, start picking up books there. And I had always kind of been adding to my collection, uh, certain aspects and I haven't really changed from what I'm collecting. I may have expanded a little bit, but, um, I was watching some other channels. Very Gary was one of the channels and I'm not even sure why I started looking at comic book YouTube channels. I guess it was just that boredom aspect as well. Um, Mint Hunter comics was another one and looking at how they were buying comics. So, um, kind of uh with a mint hunter he did a a show where he went to a local antique store i'm like oh that's an idea so i went and uh in the the town where i teach kind of across town there's uh, there was an antique dealer that uh part of their advertising they buy you know comic books baseball cards coins that kind of stuff so i went in there just asking if they had comics and um he uh there there's a pile of you know, some lower grade Bronze Age comics. There was, you know, a 10-something X-Men, like it was 103 or 108. I don't even remember. Um, there were a couple of, uh, I think there was a, a British Werewolf by Night book um, and just some, some random stuff, but not really high grade. Uh, I think there were some Jimmy Olsen's there as well. And um, so I said, okay, you know, how much for these? And the price kind of made sense to me. He goes, do you buy collections? And I'm like, well, not really, but uh, you know, I considered it. So he took my number and then maybe within a month, uh, he got in touch with me and it was the day, this, this is kind of funny. And it, it's, it's kind of um, indicative of where comic books have gone in the last year and a half. He got in touch with me the day that the um, trailer for Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage dropped. <laughs> and he got in a collection and he calls me up. He goes, Spider-Man, it goes from like the two... 200s all the way up i'm like oh it really didn't there were some of the 200s and then it really started like in the 340s 350s um so i went looked at the collection we came to a price and um i brought it home and it did have 361 and it had actually because i waited like a year and a half for this book to get back from cgc and now you know basically it becomes a giveaway book it's the second print in an yep. 8.5 so that book um, that book brings back so many bad memories for me. Uh, so I, I, the only time I've ever sold comics, I had a, my own personal collection of Amazing Spider-Man that ran from 242 up to, I think it was right, whatever time the Tobey Maguire movie came out. So it was in the right. 400, in the 400s. Um, yeah, probably and, right and, before they rebooted yeah, it, right? Yeah, right before they rebooted it. And I, I had eight newsstand copies because I, I growing up i bought my cop comics at 7-eleven because there was no comic store so they're all newsstands and i just had a feeling about this carnage character i bought all eight copies that my 7-eleven had newsstand copies and then the only time i've sold i sold my amazing spider-man collection when the toby mcguire movie came out and didn't even i had eight copies like why not keep one or two and uh yeah so that book and i think i, I did buy a one uh second print as well so yeah. That uh, might anyway, be, didn't, didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, continue. That might even be a sadder story than your mother threw them out. Yeah, it, horrible. <laughs> I did it to myself. Did a lesson, lesson learned. So, so anyway, you, you, uh, he, he, he called you up. You bought this amazing uh, Spider-Man collection. At that point, did you think, well, now I'm going to start flipping them to, to kind of? Fun yeah, what I did was there were a lot of trade paperbacks in there and a lot of masterworks. Um, 
So I just kind of went through everything, listed on eBay, uh, and it took. I'm, I'm a very I'm very detail oriented, very numbers oriented. I teach high school math, and um, I went through and I had a spreadsheet of you know every book that I sold and you know, the fees associated with it until I finally like broke even. Um, and then just waiting for the graded books to get back. And the, the um, one book that he was aware of the Carnage books, the, the antique uh, store owner, but he wasn't aware of Hulk 340 that was in there. Oh, nice. Um, so I came back as a 9-0 and I just sold that. So, um, you know, it was, there were, there were only, I don't even know if there were any books in there that I decided to keep for myself. Um, but what was funny was, I think it was 2017, that summer, I decided I need to get a handle on my comic book collection. I, they're, they're everywhere. They're in no order. I don't know where anything is. Um, I had like kept lists on paper monthly of like what I bought. So I had like um, for each year, I'd have like a, a spreadsheet. It would have the, the months and then the title. So it would be, you know, say, uh, you know, Justice League of America and the January issues, 178, 179, 180 and so on. And um, so I kind of knew what I had. I had you know, an Excel file done a database at one point. Um, but I said, you know what, I'm going to dig through, I'm going to, I had all this stuff in, in put into storage, uh, when I got married and sold my own condo and everything in there. And I was, I just started going through and I had, I got like 24 plastic bins that were probably just a, you know, the perfect size to fit like a hundred comic books in and they were stackable. So I just had them alphabetical and the A's and the B's and the Z's and everything went in fill a box of S's, put, put them in a long box, put it over there with, with S on it, you know, fill the, the box of X's, the B's and so on, and then go through the A's and the action and the adventure and the amazing and all those things. And um, <laughs> I had gotten up to about SO and I've gotten stymied because now instead of like on the weekends going to storage, which I was doing, I'm at flea markets, I'm at shows, I'm at garage sales. And so I really need to get back to digging through the PC. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. So I, I actually recently decided I was going to reorganize. So I had everything alphabetical, but my problem is, you know, when I buy a big chunk of something and then I have to shift everything that comes after, especially mm -hmm. because I'm, you know, working on uh, an action comics run. So if I buy a big, you know, and there's not, I'm not going to buy a big stack of, you know, books below 200 now, which is kind of where I'm at. So it's less of an issue, but, you know, like I'm working on a detective run, I could buy a big chunk of that. Uh, and then all of a sudden I have to shift everything. So I've, I've decided to start doing my collection chronologically. So start, you know, year and month. And that way I'm just adding stuff to, at the end. But, you know, when you have 26,000 books, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a daunting task, but. And then the box and you get to a certain age and the long boxes get really, really heavy. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah. They Especially are. if you put comics in them. Um, and the, uh, so I'm, I'm all, I'm kind of, moved from long boxes to short boxes. And what I do that, that problem with, you know, kind of like keep, keep it moving is I have um, boxes that are A's and then I start another series of boxes with the B's. So I'm not shifting everything. I'm just shifting everything within a letter, but you know, you get like yeah. another 20 issues of action and all of a sudden, you know, you're shifting uh, another, I don't know how many boxes because A is quite popular. Yeah. Um, yeah. A is really, really crazy. I mean, I have all drawer boxes. So, and they're stacked up six by uh, they're six, seven, five by 12. And then my desk here that I'm sitting at it, which I'm about to go to a standing model because I need to put another six. There's, you know, two sets 
was so there's four there's two on the bottom and then two on top of that and then a big piece of glass and i'm about to put you know another four long boxes so um, yeah i'm running out of room but i, I read most of my stuff digitally now um but i want to get back to uh, you were saying so pandemic you bought the collection you thought okay maybe i can start funding the hobby by buying and selling and then you know keeping the stuff i want from personal collection but at what point do you say okay i'm also going to try to start a youtube channel and kind of share this this journey how did that come about yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not even sure. It just like kind of happened. And as I said, I was watching these other YouTube channels. Like I can do that. Um, and I had always in the back of my mind for different things, had YouTube ideas. Um, for instance, I have a, a, a separate YouTube channel, which I don't monetize because none of the uh, content is mine. I'm a huge fan of the Olympic Games. And so I have, I posted, you know, hundreds. I think I have like 11,000 followers on that subscriptions on that um, hundreds of videos of Olympic events, world championship related events, all sorts of most, almost all of it is sports. Um, I just, I, there is some stuff I pulled out of my old, old VHS collection. Um, but it was almost entirely Olympic related sports. Um, and I always had in the back of my mind, it's like, ah, maybe I could do that as like an informative um, YouTube video. And my kids uh, who were a little bit younger at the time were watching these um, YouTube channels that were geared towards kids like uh, toy un uh, unboxings yep. and that, those sorts of things. Um, and the most popular people there do exceedingly well. I'm not how well they do anymore since now their kids are too old for toys, kind of. <laughs> you know, there's kind of a shelf life there. Uh, but um, I said, you know, this is uh, this, you know, just kind of fun getting engaged with other people, uh, engaged in the community. Uh, and I started off in my basement with my daughter holding the phone and then, you know, eventually got a tripod and eventually got, you know, a, a camera for the computer and a, uh, a ring light and, uh, you know, try to make things uh, a little more professional. I still have to like do a lot of cleaning up behind me. Um, or boxes. <laughs> yeah. See, invest in a green screen. They're like 40 bucks on 50 bucks on Amazon. And then, you, you know, cause I do see people sometimes I'll comment. They're like, Jim, your, your, your basement's getting I can't take it anymore. I have to unsubscribe because of my OCD. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't even know if I can fit a green screen in here now. I mean, there's just stuff, you know, maybe, maybe Christmas break. I can get, uh, you know, a little more handle on cause I'm trying to, you know, I do whatnot. So I try to like move a short box a week yep. um, there. And, uh, but I'm not sure if I'm, which direction I'm going there, if I'm buying more than that or moving. In. Yeah. It's definitely a, a full-time job. Cause I, I know in, in past videos, you know, you mentioned being a math teacher and there are a few videos where you even bust out the math to, you know, break down prices and supply and demand and that sort of stuff. So that, that's really interesting to me. Um, but the reason that I, uh, that I bring it up is in terms of this is such a, you know, such a fun hobby. And like I said, there's different aspects you can go down. You've chosen to go down kind of the speculator and collector route, but it is a big time investment. Mm -hmm. You know, you you say, oh, you know, you want to be able to fund it yourself, but the other part of it is that you're investing your time. Do you still have time to read? You know, you, you said you have a, a weekly pull list still. Are, are you still reading modern stuff on a regular basis? Well, here's the funny thing is I had, you know, um, it's sort of like, the uh, old adage, you know, when you go out to get order your order dinner at a restaurant, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Um, I uh, kind of the joke, the running joke at my LCS with my buddy there is like, "What year are you up to?" And um, right now, because I ever, I'm 
very anal and I do everything chronologically. I'm reading books from, I think, 2011, maybe 2010. Um, you know, I'm kind of in the Blackest Night era of, gotcha. of reading comic books. So, um, yes, and I was reading a lot more during the pandemic because I did have time. Um, and since everything was kind of um, in, in my school, you know, socially distanced and everything, what I would do is in my free periods, there was really no place to go. Um, and uh, so I would go to my car and I would bring a stack of comics and I'd read some comic books. And also since, you know, like as, as a high school teacher, I teach five periods a day and then we have a duty uh, once a day. There are no, really no duties because there were no kids in the building. Uh, so I, at that point I had more time to read comics. I ca caught up and then, you know, now it's like, uh, I gotta, I, I really have to make time. Kind of made a concerted effort to read a few books a night, um, most nights. Uh, but yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's always a struggle. Yeah. It's always a struggle. I mean, I, you know, read the stuff when it comes out that I get the press previews and I try to read it and like, yeah, it's, it's a struggle even for me to find, find time. Um, a lot of times I'm reading right up to the moment where I've got to jump on and, and, you know, record the, the weekly episode because people come, come to expect it. So yeah, there's never enough time, uh, you know, unless we were, unless one of us won that giant Powerball and, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about the, the day job. For the servants to do everything. Yeah. 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 yeah well, exactly. I, I will retire at some point and then, you know, I'll have more time to me. So. More time, more time to go out hunting, uh, probably. But yeah, well, they can't uh, do as much hunting during the weekdays. I um, what was I going to say? I had uh, yeah, because I get like I don't know twenty twenty five books a week on my pull list. Yeah, it's it's a lot, and and we are in somewhat of a golden age, you know. Back when when you and I started reading, you know, it was the big two and underground books. That was it. It wasn't really ind independence, and now you know things have exploded, and it, in a way, it's great. Because uh, there's so much variety, but on the other hand, uh, it's easy to miss things. And from the creator standpoint, you know, it's it's hard to stand out uh, because things are, you know, shelf space is, is so limited, and it's easy easy to miss things. Um, which I, I suppose, in a way, makes it uh, harder to speculate um, on things as well. So let's talk a little bit more about that sort of speculating portion of it. The other part, you know, interesting that you kind of took that dive during the pandemic. And that was right when a lot of people were doing what you were doing. I did it as well. Hey, I'm bored. Let me hop on eBay. I rebuilt my Amazing Spider-Man collection during the, the pandemic. Not the best time as prices were going crazy, but I pretty much have from 200, which is, you know, earlier than I had. I have a handful of books, maybe 50 below 200, um, but from 200 up to modern. And I think I'm only missing like five or six books, probably the big one being um, number four with the first appearance of Silk. Uh, other than that, I've pretty much filled everything and it only cost me about three grand. So I felt like that was a really good deal considering the time uh, that I was buying because it was early in the pandemic, luckily. Uh, and I bought a lot of lots on eBay because um, it you know brings the shipping costs down or what have you. But I mean, you must have seen the prices start to explode right as you were kind of getting into this. Is that right? Right. And I was kind of, you know, thinking in my mind, I was like, well, I have so many of these books, you know, in my personal collection. Um, anything, I didn't collect Spider-Man, but so I, I didn't, you know, pick up a ASM 300. And, and in 2000, I kind of, I bought a condo, so I kind of had to cut back on stuff. Um, but I, I, I do have a lot of high grade books from the 80s and, and uh, forward. Um, so... You know, I was, 
I, I was buying some raw books. It's funny. I think my video this coming Thursday is going to be like kind of a, a FOMO slabs that I bought that I really regret. Um, that, uh, you know, there, uh, for instance, Eternals one, just, um, that, that, you know, the, the, the ASM, uh, 361, we were on vacation last summer and we went to a couple antique stores and my daughter was 11 at the time, goes through a box, pulls out a first Jubilee. Okay. She pulls out a first carnage 361. It's beat up, but it was, I don't know, four bucks, maybe eight bucks, something like that. I'm like, eh, okay. The weekend the movie came out, I put it on eBay, sold it for $85. <laughs> you know, now, that, and that was like a, a four. And now you can't get $85 yeah. for this. Yeah. Um, that's just, you know, uh, things just, it was a perfect um, kind of crossroads of the, the money coming into, you know, through the stimulus money people had. Uh, they were bored because there were limited options. You couldn't go out to dinner, out to the movies, you know, sporting events. So you're kind of stuck inside. The new content was trickling out. Um, and then things started to rise and everybody's like, ooh, not realizing that, yeah, okay, it's, it's sustainable for only a period of time. So um, yeah, there's some books that just are complete um, products of that, uh, speculation time uh, and other books that went up and can come down, but still have value and are, are you know, going to return to that continued trend of increasing values over time. Yeah. I think uh, for listeners out there, if you're thinking about doing something like this kind of fund your own hobby, it doesn't mean you want to put necessarily put it on YouTube, but if you're looking to invest or you're looking to do something like, like Jim does here um, I think the biggest piece of advice, not, not that I do uh, spec, but um, I think I've heard Brian from Bryce Comics say this, and you've said it as well. When you're talking about buying a comic as an investment or something that you want to flip later on, it needs to be more than just the flavor of the month, right? You want something that that's going to have long-term value, you know, regardless of. So when you talk about, you know, bronze or earlier books, it, it, like speculation on modern books, I think is is much more risky. So can you kind of uh, expand on that a little bit? Right. Uh, Tosin Nadoye. Black Panther number three. Um, and, you know, everybody jumped on that for absolutely no reason. It was just that everybody was jumping on it. Um, and I guess it was a solicitations of like, you know, the next Miles Morales and everybody felt like, oh, I missed out on Miles. I better get in on this one. Um, and who knows? I mean, it could reap benefits down the road. But yeah, wasn't it selling for like hundreds of dollars? Yeah, it was going crazy. The variant covers were going bananas. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a real roll of dice. And for every um, one of those books that hits, you're going to have a bunch of books that are going to end up as dollar bin fodder. Um, you know, so I think the thing is to find avenues to find books that are below fair market value. Um, whether it be, you talked about buying lots, uh, buying lots on eBay is a little bit of a risk um, and I've done a couple of videos on that, including one recently, but, you know, you could get a nice reward. I bought a lot of Batman books at one point that I paid, I don't know, maybe 40 bucks for it. It had a Batman 423, first Todd Mc, uh, the Todd McFarlane art. It was a second print, but it came back, I think, as an 8.5 after I got it graded, you know, so it was worth a few times more than I paid for everything. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
The other thing is, and it takes a while to be able to um, do this, you got to have an avenue to um, to sell your books. Um, and, you know, different people do different things. I'm trying to diversify in that regard because that's a slog um, is to, you know, uh, sell the books, let's say eBay or whatnot, or, you know, um, people do Instagram claim sales. There's the selling the book and then there's the shipping of the book. Uh, or if you set up at shows or flea markets, you know, you got to get up early in the morning and lug a whole bunch of boxes into your car and set up and, you know, kind of haggle all day. It's, it's, it's a little bit of a grind. Um, but I think fortunately, you know, one of the, the good aspects of it is you get to meet other people, you see them all the time, um, and you have that shared uh, interest that you can talk about. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, starting small as well. You know, I know, I know some other, I have some other friends, um, particularly one who, who I met through Valiant, who's a big Valiant fan. Um, and yeah, he started doing shows and he only focused on modern, I'm only going to do modern books. I'm only going to, and then, mm -hmm. you know, the creep started and now he does everything. Um, right. and, and he's got a, you know, giant collection and he's added to his personal collection some, but yeah, you, the, the thing is to be careful and, and not, you know, go overboard. Don't over, uh, extend yourself. Um, because if you, if you want to invest in a book and the book is, um, kind of, kind of hot right now, or, or has been hot recently or has been attached to a movie and everybody knows it. If you're going to pay, let's say $500 for that book, what's it going to be worth in six months, a year, 10 years, depending on what you're, you're looking at it for. Um, but if you can kind of find the book that, you know, can find the deals. And that's one thing I look at on eBay, especially I, you know, unless I'm focusing on a book that I want to get for my personal collection, I'm trying to find a deal. I'll look for a book, look at new listings and say, nope, nope, that's not a deal. That's not a deal. That's a deal. I, I think I can, you know, double or triple my money by putting a little bit of effort into it, pressing, cleaning, getting it graded and having it be worth more. Yeah. But it's, again, it's also that um, investment of time. So it's not just yeah. a matter of, yeah. Yeah. Pressing so takes that, time. yeah. yeah you know, exactly. I was saying, for instance, last year, Black Friday, by me, there was an estate sale that I went to where they had bought a very large comic collection and they had um, it at their, their store, I guess, you know, they, they have a building where they house it rather than at the person's house. They had everything staged and they knew comics to it, enough of a degree. And there were a lot of guys there waiting to get in. I go in and sort of on the right were the priced books, which were fair market value-ish, you know, they weren't real deals. And I just went and I started diving into some stuff, trying to find the, the little gems in there. And I found a Hulk 282, the one with Hulk and She-Hulk uh, on the cover yep. uh, for $2 maybe. Pressed it clean to send it out 9.2 and it sold for like 120 bucks. You know, I found a, a first blood sport, Superman 4, it came back a 9.8. So, you know, that that isn't what happens all the time, you know, but uh, if you buy collections, um, you can get good return on investment because, you know, you might have a few big books in there that you're paying for, and then you find some, some hidden gems. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, the speculation as such is a little dicey because sometimes too, you're going to have to sit on it for quite a while. Like if you're speculating on Silver Surfer or X-Men or, 
um, any of that sort of stuff, you're waiting. Yeah, it's so interesting to me, um, you know, and probably yourself as well, especially considering your channel and what you focus on. Um, you know, yeah, we we collected because we loved the stories and we loved the comics. And then when 80s, late 80s came around, 90s, the sport, the sports card boom and bust, and then people kind of moved over to comics. And that was really when people started realizing, hey, there's money in here. And then, you know, we had the mid-90s crash. But you you were aware that, yeah, if you had comics, they would be you know, worth something in, in the long run, but it was never the rampant speculation that once comics became the center of pop culture and movies and TV, but it also added to the volatility, right? Like something like Moon Knight books, that's a perfect example, right? Like they were going crazy. They were red hot when the, you know, TV series was about to come out, but now, you know, they've cooled off. And if you bought them, you know, right as they were on their way up or when they were at their peak, you know, as an investment now, you know, that you've kind of missed the boat on that. Right. Right. Before the show came out, I had gotten a copy of Werewolf by Night 32 as part of a collection. Boom. Sold that right away. Because even at the time, this was, you know, uh, in, in uh, just over a year ago. Right. Wasn't mm-hmm. that show? Yeah. Yeah. It was, I think it was last, early last year. Yeah. Um, I, I said, I can sell this raw mid grade. Uh, and take that money and then buy a better copy of that book in six months. Um, so it's, you know, buy low, sell high and don't get greedy. I think Bry talks about that. You know, it's like you're trying to get, you know, squeeze too much out of it and you get stuck with books that have plummeted in value. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I think where, I mean, werewolf by night, but you know, don't get me wrong. 32 people were, specking on that for the longest time. Like mm-hmm. it was like six years that book had been going crazy. And before that, the, I think the long, the longest book I remember that people were buying and it's going to keep going up. It's going to, it was a uh, Iron Man 55, you know, because mm-hmm. Thanos had been hinted in the MCU for so long. So uh, you mentioned earlier, use the term kind of in the post speculation uh era now what do you mean by that i mean is it just that the the pandemic's over people uh, you know we, inflation's going crazy people have less money so you have to be right. more cautious or what, yeah what i think that? um i well I, I do think unfortunately the 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 fact that the values have in in many comics and overall have gone down so much in the last six months that a lot of people left the hobby um probably people that were more in it for the money than the actual interest in the hobby but still that you know, decreases the demand for books. Um, and I think people also know that they got burnt trying to buy those, you know, uh, speculating on the first appearance of Mephisto or Omega Red or whoever else they thought was going to be around the corner in uh, those early Disney Plus series. And also the, the books um, haven't skyrocketed in terms of their value. Like I talked about how the Carnage books, they went crazy up until the movie came out. Um, whereas compare that to Submariner books, which, you know, you go back to the Silver Age, those really didn't get the kind of upturn, um, even leading up to the movie that we saw with similar books a year ago. Uh, so I think the kind of speculation of I'm going to pick up this book, hold it for two months, and then everybody's going to want it two months later. I think we're kind of past that. There is still speculation. And I think what makes it a little more interesting for um, people who know the books, know the hobby, is 
kind of using your own gut intuition and what you like and say, mm, I think that this makes sense. I think that this is going to be a key regardless. Or these books are dirt cheap. I'm finding them in dollar bins or $3 bins. Let me take a chance and, and hold on to a bunch of them. And if it pops, it pops. And, um, you know, a $3 book might become a $20 book in short order. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. There were probably a lot of people that saw how crazy the books were going during the pandemic and, uh, you know, when they were at their peak and thought, I, you know, I can get in there for six months and make a ton of money and get out. And they they may have gotten gotten stuck. And, and the other part of it is kind of in that whole Marvel. It's almost like there's a whole new generation of Marvel zombie, right? M MCU zombie that, you know, anything Marvel and they just think it's the greatest thing ever. Uh, whereas on the other side of the street, DC, they just haven't had the same track record uh, in their cinematic universe or with their their television yeah. shows. But with James Gunn calling the shots, and don't get me wrong, uh, I, I think James Gunn is a, a good choice. I don't really watch much of Marvel or DC uh, content because I'm too busy reading comics like, like we were talking about. Um, but I'm more likely to go see a DC movie. I did go see the Black Adam movie, and I, and I enjoyed it. If there is a place to spec right now, do you think it's more on the DC side of things? Do you think there's more room for growth with you know early DC appearances? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I, actually, I was thinking of doing a video of this. I'll give you two very similar books, um, and that's Nova Number One and Firestorm Number One. Right, they're both from around the same era. They both have similar covers, even you know, in terms of the uh, the way the characters kind of flying out at you. Uh, both about teenagers. Both, at best, B-list characters in, in Marvel and DC. Um, and Nova, I think, is a couple of years older. But the values are completely different. Um, Nova 1 is worth much, much more than Firestorm 1 in the same grade. Um, and I also have to imagine availability is probably about the same. Um, probably even more available, Nova number 1, because DC was about to implode. Um, so, you know, in that case, Firestorm might be a character. I mean, he's been, we've seen him on the, he was seen on the Flash TV series, um, but they, they never really explored him. And those CW series have not driven the prices of books at all. Right. Uh, and what's interesting is DC, the other problem with DC books in terms of first appearances is so many of the first appearances are between 1938 and 1942 for most right. of these characters. Yeah. You know, I mean, you look at the Black Adam movie, right? I think his first appearance is 1945. Maybe it's a little bit later in the Golden Age. Um, Hawkman's first appearance is Flash Comics number one in 1940. Dr. Fates is more fun 73, which is either 40 or 41. I don't remember off the top of my head. So, you know, the three main characters in that thing, they're they've been around for more than 80 years. Yeah. And so um, the books are tens of thousands of dollars already. Yeah. So there's not, you know, first of all, I'm not just going to go down there. Ah, let me, you know, pull out 10 grand and buy, you know, first appearance of, uh, of Dr. Fate. And, and, and then what growth, you know, that's not a movie that's going to move, move the needle. So yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then you go to a silver age appearance, but it's not the same. Same for the, the, the Batman movie, right? Batman movie came out exceedingly well-received Batman you know 1939 catwoman 1941 the riddler is in the 40s as well you know these are all old characters so um you know you compare black adam to black panther obviously submariner came out in the 1940s but black panther was the 60s um and then you know shuri is 
much more recent, I guess the late nineties, I think yeah. is when she first appeared. So there's, and you know, DC has some of those characters too, but I think to answer your question is I do think there's, there's obviously more room in DC because they have, they never popped like Marvel did. So, you know, the Marvel books, you know, let's say like a Nova popped have come down. Um, whereas Firestorm just kind of sitting here, like not doing anything. And those two, I think are really similar books. Uh, um, there's, there's probably a lot of others where you can look at similar books, Marvel versus DC and just, and, and Nova, we haven't even had a confirmation uh, about him. It's just been all rumor and speculation. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we have seen the Nova core obviously in, uh, right. in Captain Marvel and in guardians of the galaxy, but yeah, no, no mention of Sam. I mean, has his name even been dropped? Has anyone mentioned Sam Alexander or Richard Ryder? I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. So, uh, well, it's been great chatting, Jim. Uh, I know there are times on your channel where you, you mention specific books, you show them off. Hey, the, you know, this is a book I've been picking up for a long time. What have you? Uh, I think John, John Stewart first appearance what is it, mm-hmm. 181, uh, that you've been picking up a lot. Are there, I, I am curious. I always wonder this when you, when you do that, um, that in a way you're kind of increasing your competition to other people like, Oh, I should be grabbing that too. Are there any books that you don't specifically mention on your channel that you are out there looking for because you don't want the extra competition? Um, not really. I have books that I'm looking for, but they're not really under the radar books. Um, I actually did a video of the, you know, two videos, I think at the beginning of the year and mid year of the books that I'm searching for, for 2022. Um, and I'm still on the search for house of Mist- house of secrets, 92 and um, Batman 30, 139 first appearance of Betty Kane, Batgirl. Um, yeah, there. You know, it's kind of like I think there's enough to to share out there. Um, there are a few characters, and I've shown it on my channel. Shade the Changing Man, I think, is a very interesting book. Um, is that that's from the early seventies? That is that the one with the Ditko cover? Yes, yeah. Steve Ditko did the art. I don't think he wrote it. Um, it's a bizarre character, but he yeah. is a member of Justice League Dark. Um, and that's a book, you know, I'm not investing a lot of money in it because, you know, first appearance, you know, is maybe a 9.8 would be maybe $200. You know, I'm not going to buy a graded copy, but it's kind of, I see it in a bin. You know, it looks pretty nice. Yeah, I'll take that. Five bucks, 10 bucks. Um, I've, yeah, the, the Green Knight 87, John Stewart, I have a lot of John Stewart's. And I've just happened to be getting a lot of um, Detective 359s. Um, yeah, I have a John Stewart back there. I don't know. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah, quite visible. And then next to that is a Detective uh, 359, the first Batgirl. Um, at this point, I'm I'm not really uh, searching out books I don't have. There is one book that I it it's it's a unicorn, right? Um, but I. Uh, if I can get a hold, you know, it's one of these things, if you can get a hold of it at the right price, because it's exceedingly expensive, if anybody knows what they have. And that's The Adventures of Rex the Wonder Dog, number four. And what is the significance of that book? I, I it is a, never it is, the, it is the, it's from, I think, 1952. It's the first appearance of Detective Chimp. Ah. Could we see Detective Chimp? Yeah. I mean, James Gunn. I think that that's kind of like group level, uh, that book. Um, 
Yeah, for those that, that aren't aware, yeah, for those that aren't aware, Groot appeared in a Marvel comic before they were even called Marvel Comics back when they were still timely in uh, one of those uh, old school monster books that eventually became a, a superhero book. So, yeah, so that that's kind of one of the the the, the low key ones I'm, I'm specking on, and I never see it come up. Never. Yeah, that's on, uh, if you search on eBay. Kind of reminds me of uh, is it our Fighting Forces? Is that the first? Peacemaker? Uh, no, Fighting fight Five. Fighting Five, that's it. Fighting Five. Yeah, which was, again, that was a book that nobody nobody was on nobody's radar until no. the, the Peacemaker no. show uh, exploded. exploded. I got one as part of it, like a collection. They had a collection there, and then they had these like Silver Age War books. I'm going through, I'm like, oh my. And it was right around the time the show was out. So, um, you know, the, it, the, the book, I, I got one just came back from CGC in a 4.0. Um, lower grade, but still, th th that book is, you know, war books. That's a very um, particular segment of the market, uh, and it's also um, the the folks that collect the war books specifically tend to skew even older than the folks who collect the superhero books. Yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of those classic artists um, from those war books aren't aren't around anymore. Uh, you know, Robert Kaniger, who a lot of people know from Hawkman work, Joe Kubert, obviously. Um, yeah. Uh, who was the other one that we lost just a couple of years ago? Yeah, Russ Heath. Yeah. I, I, I got a chance to meet Russ uh, at a show. He was an interesting gentleman, to say the least. But uh, anyways, we're winding down here, Jim. Uh, again, I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for your channel. You're, uh, it's very informative. It's very fun. Uh, and one of the things I love most is the, your CGC unboxings, because you don't Look at the grades ahead of time. You reveal them along with us and your genuine excitement when you get back some of these nine eights, you're like, yes. And you could just see your face light up. It's so fun. Your, your joy and your passion for uh, the, the hobby is infectious. So uh, I want, again, thanks so much for joining me. Do you want to let everybody know uh, you have various channels, uh, social media and everything. Go check out his channel, everybody. It's really informative. His whatnot sales. You can get some real good deals on there, eBay channel and all that. Let everybody know where they can find it. And uh, I'll put all this in the show notes for everyone as well. Well, thank you for having me on, first of all. Um, I, yeah, Bronzeville Comics on uh, YouTube, and I drop new videos Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Um, I try to be very consistent with three episodes a week. Uh, I also do Whatnot sales 10 p.m. Eastern time on uh, Whatnot, uh, and Usually, I, well, I got to do this after I get off with you. I load the store with the books that are available. Um, tomorrow night, I'm doing, a, there are a lot of Copper Age X-Men, and then I got some other um, keys, some Silver Age, Submariner and Silver Surfer, some, uh, some Secret Wars. And then um, I have an eBay store, Bronzeville Comics, Instagram, Bronzeville underscore comics. And uh, yeah, anybody has any questions, reach out to me. Um, you know, I think one of the things is, is like, as a seller, like you watch whatnot shows, one of the advantages I have is this is not my main source of income. This isn't, you know, taking money or putting, taking food in or out of my kids' mouths. Um, it's just kind of something extra. Um, and it's something that I enjoy doing. Uh, and actually when I'm doing the whatnot sales, it's kind of like, uh, you know, um, very relaxing for me because it's, you know, you don't worry about everything else going on. The kids are asleep. I just kind of do my thing and hopefully, you know, bring in a few extra dollars that I can um, move into some other comics. And um, yeah, that's about it. 
Yeah, and that's that's one thing I want to mention. So uh, I think it it seems like because I've attended some of your whatnot sales, it seems like you're you're just happy that you're helping other people fill out their runs, you know, because that that is the difference. There are people that are dealers uh, that that's their job, and like you said, it's it's how they make their income. They use it to put you know food on the table for their families. So you can understand kind of the the level and and wanting to maximize profits and that sort of thing. And the, I don't want to say that they don't have the joy for the hobby anymore, but it's just it's just not the same when it's a, a sidekick. So, um, but just to let everyone know, it's whatnot sales are on uh, Monday nights at 10 PM. We are recording this far, far in the past <laughs> in preparation for 12 days of comic source. So uh, whatever the next Monday is um, go and check it out. And again, all the links to all of uh, Jim's social media and his YouTube channel are in the show notes. So I definitely recommend you guys go over there and subscribe and, uh, and give his videos uh, a watch because they're definitely worth it. So uh, once again, let's. Uh, I want to wish everybody a happy holidays. Uh, I'm glad you took the time to uh, join us during this season. And we hope you all are very good. So Santa brings you lots of comics uh, under the tree. So uh, again, Jim, thanks so much for your time. And to all your listeners, we want to thank you for joining us as always. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes, as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.